in just four days, four days is Thanksgiving, we're going to have another one under our belt. For some of you it's not going to be quite so much under, maybe a little more over, that's okay. It's okay. I, I do have a verse, a special verse for anyone who thinks that Thanksgiving is about gluttony, for anyone who plans on dieting through Thursday, for anyone who thinks that the whole thing is a farce and is going to be sitting around eating, you know, I don't know, seeds and wheat or something, this verse is for you. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 13. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servants will eat, but you will be hungry. My servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. So eat and drink and enjoy and be full. I truly, okay, yeah, the verse is totally out of context. Don't tell me later, I know. But the point is this I do believe the Lord wants us to be filled. I believe there's time for celebration. I believe there's time to take it in. Yes, even the food. But especially on this Thanksgiving that we would be so full of thanks, thanks overflowing. We would be driving our kids nuts asking them how many things they're thankful for. That we would be pouring out this sense of what God has done in our lives, personally, corporately as a body, among friendships. That we could truly say, thank you, Lord, for everything you have done. Thank you. Thank you for the turkey. And the cranberry sauce and the cornbread stuffing and those marshmallow yams that just kind of crispy on top. I love that. Thank you for the green beans with the bacon bits and the onion crisps. It's one of my favorite things. I don't think we're having it this year. I think we're doing something gourmet. Home-baked oven rolls, all manner of holiday pies. We're, we're, by the way, having some guests over. They're not here today, are they? Dad, they're not here? Good, okay, okay, because I'm going to talk about them. We, um, we're having some guests over, some, some friends that uh, Bill and Sharon met when they were uh, sojourning in the RV park while we were building the house, and they're going to come to Thanksgiving with us, and she's bringing enchiladas. <laughs> to stuff them with turkey. I mean, come on. Enchiladas? I'm sitting there. I'm singing Charlie Brown Thanksgiving songs and all of a sudden, yeah, da 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 No. Did you know, did you know, speaking of the Thanksgiving food, that the average American family will have leftovers for eight days? Yeah. Right. We're sick. But did you know, did you know, for all those leftovers and all the feasting that that so many of us plan to do, did you know that the Israelites had Thanksgiving? They did. (laughs) Yes, they did. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 29. I love when this happens, too. You know how we're just kind of studying through the Bible and the holiday comes and we look and go, oh, look at this. This is perfect. When you sacrifice a sacrifice of Thanksgiving, there it is. When you sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. By the way, that's a mistranslation. I'll tell you why in a minute. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord, so you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name. But I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. He says over and over and over in Leviticus especially, I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord. So thank me. Praise me. And someone would say, well, 
Isn't that kind of haughty and arrogant to ask for things, to demand or command praise? Shouldn't that just be a natural thing that we do if we want to and if we don't, just, you know, you kind of... Why are you asking us all the time to sacrifice thankfully to you? I don't understand this, God. We'll, We'll figure this out in just a minute. But you may recall as we have been studying Leviticus, the first seven chapters, we learned about five unique offerings that the people of Israel were to bring to the Lord. Five different offerings. The burnt offering, the grain or meal offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, and finally the peace offering, and that's what we're dealing with here. The sacrifice of thanksgiving is the peace offering. This is where it it finds its its source, its basis in the scriptures. The, The thanksgiving offering is the peace offering. Now the peace offering was unique among all the offerings because it was the only offering that the offerer, the person bringing the offering, could share with the Lord. All the other offerings were for the Lord and consequently the Levites, the priests. But this offering, the peace offering, the person would bring and they would literally have a meal with the Father. A feast with the Lord. They would share it together, which is why it's called a, a peace offering because it proclaimed peace between God and the person bringing it. Peace together. But there are a couple of important differences between an Israelite's Thanksgiving and ours. If you want to jot these down, the first one is there are no limitations. There are no limitations. The sacrifice of Thanksgiving could happen any time, any day of the year. It didn't have to happen at the end of November. That wasn't the, any time an Israelite desired, he could offer a Thanksgiving meal, have a Thanksgiving meal with the Lord by bringing the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. Any time. No limitations. But the second thing to know is there were no leftovers. And we'll have them anywhere from a week to eight days, ten days. Turkey sandwiches, turkey hash, turkey pot pie, turkey stew, turkey everything until you're so turkeyed out you can't wait to stop until the next year. But with the Israelite, there were no leftovers. The sacrifice of Thanksgiving was to be consumed entirely on the spot that day. The offerer was to eat up all that he could and any leftovers had to be burned up. It was a meal, it was a feast, it was a dig in and chow down, eat it today. Why? Two reasons this morning. Actually, maybe three. We'll see how we do. The first one is this. Thanksgiving, and this goes back, by the way, to answering why it is that God demands or commands thanksgiving and praise from His people. Listen to this. Number one, thanksgiving develops delight. Thanksgiving develops delight. Would it surprise you to know that our praise, our thanksgiving, is not just for the Lord? But that He, as our creation, understands something. There is something inside of each man and woman that says, that declares in our hearts, when I thank, I feel good. I find myself delighted. I find joy in praise. As I worship, I get to see you all as we're worshiping. So many times where I will see just faces lit up and smiles and and hands up and just, you can see the joy coming out. Well, this is for the Lord. Knock it off. What are you having fun yourselves for? That's what it does. Thanksgiving develops delight. Verse 29 again says, When you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. Well, the word accepted there is ratson in the Hebrew, and it's not accepted. This changes everything, by the way, so you might want to mark it in your Bibles. The word means delighted. You shall bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord so that you may be delighted. Wow. 
And that's a totally different thing, isn't it? Bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving so you will be accepted. If you don't bring it, you won't. Jerk. <laughs> no, you bring the sacrifice. You bring the praise. You bring the thanksgiving. And it will make you delightful. You will be full, filled with delight. The Lord would say when you bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving, I want you to be satisfied. Delighted in the fullest. I want you to leave with a full belly. No watching your waist. No checking your carbs, considering your calories. No, dig in. (laughs) And be delightful. Which is why we worship. That's why we worship. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says, Through Him let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to His name. Now, Jeff doesn't know this, but he called me, Jeff D'Angelo, on my cell phone um, a couple of nights ago. Maybe you do know this. I don't know. Maybe you're just sick. But he calls up... And I think he meant to talk to me, but then forgot that it was on, because I sat there, I had a message on my phone for like 15 minutes of him and Leticia in the car singing Christmas songs. And it was hysterical. And I wish I could reproduce it for you right now. It was really funny. But they were having a ball. Now, they were singing Christmas songs, but they were Christmas songs of praise, and I just sat there cracking up. I think I deleted after about seven minutes, went, okay, that's enough of that. Leticia's voice was really sweet and beautiful. Oh. We'll just leave it at that. Why does God ordain praise from His people? And I, by the way, I, I pick on Jeff. I've seen Jeff in Papa Murphy's. And you ought to just wander in there sometime when he's in the back, and they, they are, they're always playing Christian music over the, over the system there. And he'll be in the back there just, you know, singing, out and the whole the crews and they're making the pizza and they're praising the Lord and you know pepperoni's flying it's great it's great it's what praise does but why again why does God ordain this from his people does he deserve it yes absolutely he deserves it does he enjoy it of course he does but gang God ordains praise from his people because it develops delight in his people and he knows that he knows our hearts Think about it this way. God doesn't need your affirmation. It's not like the creator of the whole universe has a self-esteem problem. You know? Full issue. He doesn't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, Boy, I hope someone praises me today. I, on the other hand, could use a little praise from time to time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Fifty times in the book of Leviticus, God declares, I am the Lord. He knows who He is. He knows His greatness, His grandeur, His majesty. He wants us to know it. Because as we know it, it lifts us up. It develops delight in our hearts. He knows Thanksgiving makes you truly happy. And He wants that for you. Is that a surprise for some of you long-time churchy people? That God wants you to be happy? That He truly wants the corners of the mouth to go up and not down? That He doesn't want the weight on your back, but He wants the weight to be lifted? That you might experience real joy? That's exactly what He wants. Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, You are my God. I shall seek You earnestly. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh yearns for You. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, thus I have seen You in the sanctuary to see Your power and Your glory. Because Your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise You. 
So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul, listen to this, my soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. David understood, man, the more I praise, the fuller I get. I I don't empty out as I'm praising the Lord. I fill up with delight and joy and happiness and wonder. And i got to ask you, as the holiday season begins, it bums out a lot of people. Are you bummed out? Are you finding yourself depressed or sorrowful or even just lethargic? One of the best things you can do, here's a prescription for sorrow. Praise the Lord. Worship Him. Thank Him. Get into Him. Thanksgiving, by the way, Thanksgiving is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. But sacrifice of thanksgiving, it's a good phrase because the flesh is self-indulgent and self-absorbed and grumpy and hateful and spiteful. The flesh is concerned with numero uno, me. That's what the flesh is concerned with. And the more concerned I get with me, the more depressed I get. (laughs) The more I look at myself, the more bummed out life becomes. But as I praise the Lord, as I offer the sacrifices, I sacrifice my flesh on the altar so that my spirit can exalt in the Father, can jump up in joy and praise and worship. Man, the fuller I get. God wants you to be full of delight. Sacrifice the flesh for the thanksgiving offering. John chapter 4 verse 23, Jesus said the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be His worshipers. Now the Lord could say, I don't really need your thanks, but you really need to thank me. I don't need your thanksgiving. You need your thanksgiving. I don't need your praise. You need to praise me. Because it will alter you in tremendous ways. I love White Christmas. I'm a sap. You know that? I love White Christmas. One of my favorite Christmas movies. And there's a moment in in the middle of the movie. I get teary-eyed every time. And it's stupid. It's not even like the end of Wonderful Life where you should be crying. Okay? It's the middle where Rosemary Clooney and Dean Crosby come in there. They're having a, a midnight snack in the kitchen area. And they start to sing. When I'm worried and I can't sleep. I count my blessings instead of sheep. And I fall asleep. Counting my blessings. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Lord, for everything. God, I love you. I'm on my knees. I'm recommitting, you know. <laughs> they sing when my bankroll is getting small. I think of when I had none at all. And I go to sleep. Counting my blessings. And I'm like throwing my wallet out of the room going, Praise the Lord. God is so good to us. He is so good. And there is something absolutely soul lifting in thanksgiving. Paul understood this. Would you flip in your Bibles over to Philippians chapter 4? Philippians chapter 4. Now, this is a familiar verse. Many of you have heard this probably numerous times. If you've been in church, if you haven't, you need to hear this. It's a great one. And again, pens out and ready because there are some things to circle and note in this verse. Philippians chapter 4. Far side of the Bible. It's in the New Testament. Philippians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So if you get one of those other books, it's right there. You're close. Keep going. Philippians chapter 4. In verse 4. 
Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Like, okay, I'm rejoicing, I'm rejoicing, I'm done. And he goes, again, <laughs> one more time. Always. He, well, how long is always? Always. Okay, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He says in verse 5, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. And then he says this, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens, Paul? The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts, literally keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Keep your hearts and your minds. Your hearts, your emotions. You're emotionally drained. You're wiped out. You're bummed out. God says, praise me. Offer thanksgiving to me. And I'll keep your emotions. What about my mind? I'll keep your intellect. When you're getting all messed up thinking about things and focused in other areas, thank me. I will guard your heart, your emotions. I'll guard your mind, your intellect. Be anxious for nothing. Now you might say, okay. Okay, Paul, that's easy for you to say. You know, you're Paul. You're an apostle, and I'm just an everyday Joe trying to get through life. Okay, Paul wrote this when he was in prison. You got nothing on Paul. Trust me. Anyone who had the right to be anxious, to be worried, to be stressed out, it was Paul. When he describes his life, and I think I've shared this before, Paul is the one life I do not want to emulate because his life went in the garbage chute when he gave it over to Jesus. Everything went wrong. But everything was so right for him. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked several times in his journeys. He was thrown into prison. He was driven out of towns. This was not a popular guy. And behind all of that, he had to deal with, think about this, through his entire life, he had to deal with the fact that he started out killing Christians, only to later try and make people Christians, while the other Christians were looking at him going, how long can we really trust this guy? I don't know if I buy this conversion. And Paul says rejoice always. He connects something here. I don't know if you noticed this. Verse 6, he says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And, and Paul shows us, where is that connected? With the peace offering. Because as you offer thanksgiving, it says in verse 7, you get peace. The peace offering, thanksgiving, the two are connected. You want peace in your life? Are you tired of being stressed? Then offer the thanksgiving offering, the sacrifice of praise. Bring it to the Lord. We're not talking about pie-in-the-sky giddiness. Again, this is Paul whose life was hard, and I submit, harder than any of our lives have ever been. This is Paul saying, thank the Lord. Offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Count your blessings. Interesting. Now, I really believe, by the way, I'm going to give you something else here real quick. I believe that there is so much to this, this, this emotional mental anguish that's felt in the world today that there's a, a powerful way to combat that in this offering of thanksgiving. As we thank the Lord, as we praise the Lord and lift Him up, He actually fights a battle for us. Watch this. Flipping your Bibles now back to Second Chronicles in the Old Testament. Open your Bibles to the middle and then start going left. You'll hit it pretty quick. Second Chronicles chapter 20.
So I want to read you an Old Testament story, an interesting story, and I want you to watch how this plays out. Take, again, the physical things in the Old Testament and apply them spiritually to your life. Watch what he does. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 1. This is when King Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. I think it's appropriate to talk about Jehoshaphat right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Verse 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab, that is the Moabites, and the sons of Ammon, the Ammonites, came together with some of the Mayunites, <laughs> all the ites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. And some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are at Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. That was the right move, King Jehoshaphat. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. We're seeing some beautiful wisdom here in this king. He's got an army. There's many armies now gathered against him, coming against Judah, and he proclaims, time to pray. <laughs> because he knew he couldn't do anything else. He knew they'd be lost in, 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 any, other, in any other scenario. Cry out to the Lord. So verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court. And he said, O oh Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? We just sang, He reigns. Are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, so that no one can stand against you. And he continues this fantastic prayer, but you skip on down to verse 12. As he closes out, he says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Listen, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Is it like that in your life sometimes? I don't have any idea what to do. The propane bill comes and you go, Did we not just fill this last month? You know, who's been, who's been running the fireplace? Come on, what's going on? Phone call comes. Annette is back. Where are you, Annette? Annette's back there in the back. And she was going down to California to visit her son, Dennis, who's a police officer, who right before she left was in a horrible car accident. He was helping, actually, an accident. She's got pictures. It's stunning. It's amazing he's alive. But he was helping out as a police officer on the side of the road in a pretty massive accident, and he was hit by another car. And again, he is alive. But the call comes. And like Jehoshaphat, we don't know what to do. What do you do? As a mother, Annette is like... Praise the Lord, he already had plane tickets for her. She was already going down to be with him. What do you do? Well, he says, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, Lord. Look at verse 13. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children, which, by the way, is why it's so important the kids are in here with us. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord, I love this, came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, of, the son of Jehiel, the son of Madaniah, lots of sons. And verse 15, he says, so God's Spirit, boom, hits this guy. He stands up in the assembly and he says, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. It's pretty bold. 
Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. Listen to this. Underline it if you can. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle's not yours. Tomorrow go down against them, he says. Behold, they will come up by the assembly by the ascent of Ziz. Love some of these names. Ziz. Where do you live? Over there, you know, just to the left of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. Now listen, verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping, worshiping, worshiping the Lord. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Well, verse 20, it goes on. Watch what the Lord does. They rose early in the morning, and they went out of the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in His prophets and succeed. Now, here's what I want you to see. All that background to what they actually did, how they engaged in this battle. Remember, the battle was not theirs. The battle was the Lord's. You're struggling, you're having a hard time. God is God. It's His battle, not yours. He will go before you. But watch what they do. Verse 21. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised Him in holy attire. And they went out before the army and said... Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. I'm adding that. For His loving kindness is everlasting. What did He do? He sent the choir in first. He said, get their robes on, send them out. Now, that would be an interesting day to be in the choir. (laughs) (laughs) Me, 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 me. La, 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 la. It's not a choir we're facing out there, is it? He sends the choir first. Why? Why? Check this out. I want to jot this down. Because Thanksgiving disorients the devil. Thanksgiving disorients the devil. What do you mean? Watch what happened. Verse 22, when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. Who were the ambushers? (laughs) Look at the next verse. The sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished off with the finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. <laughs> so here's the scene. Israel is praising God. The choir is out front. The army's sitting back, you know, they're checking their guns and they're working on their swords and they're just kind of bored because they don't have anything to do while the choir is praising the Lord. The Thanksgiving's going up, and all of these three other armies are fighting each other. They're so confused. Can you imagine going into war? Think about this. You're in a tank and you're driving along in a rack somewhere and all of a sudden you start hearing people going, Praise the Lord. You know, you look out and there's a choir. And that's what happened. And it confused them and it threw them off. And Thanksgiving, gang, and this is a spiritual principle you can bank on in your life, Thanksgiving will disorient the devil as he tries to attack you. It'll confuse him. Now I have my own personal thoughts about this. The Bible indicates that when Satan was created, he wasn't created evil. You know that. He was created as a guardian cherub, Ezekiel 28 tells us. And from the language, it sounds as though it says his pipes and his timbrels were within him. In other words, 
this guy could worship. And I think part of the reason that Satan was created originally as Lucifer was as a great worship leader. A praise director, if you will, for the Lord in heaven. But he got so full of himself. (laughs) I've seen that happen with praise directors, actually. (laughs) He got so proud of himself and so worked up that he wanted to be God. And so he's cast out. But this one-time worship leader, when he hears you praising the Lord now, I think it confuses him. I think it disorients him. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Great, how do I resist the devil? James says in the next verse, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Focus on the Lord. And Satan gets confused. He doesn't know what to do with that. Thanksgiving disorients the devil. Man, if you are dismayed, if you're despairing... Your best resistance is drawing near the Lord in thankful worship, just like Israel did. We'll go back to Leviticus. While you're turning back there, I'll read you another verse here. Psalm 35, 17. Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue my soul from their ravages, my only life from the lions. And remember, Satan is called a lion. He's like a prowling lion seeking to devour as he moves about the earth. And the psalmist David says, Rescue my soul, my only life from the lions, and I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among a mighty throng. Delight fully in the Lord, and your thanksgiving will disorient the devil. One last thing I want you to see, verse 30. Verse 30 of chapter 22, Leviticus. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. No leftovers. Dig in and chow down. What do you mean? Well, this is explained a little more fully in Leviticus chapter 7, verse 11. I'll just read it to you quickly here. Leviticus 7.11 says, This is the law of the sacrifice of the peace offerings which shall be presented to the Lord. Okay, peace offering, thank offering, same thing. If he offers it by way of thanksgiving, then along with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, he shall offer unleavened cakes mixed with oil and unleavened wafers spread with oil and cakes of well-stirred fine flour mixed with oil and pumpkin pie. Sorry, I added that. (laughs) With the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving, he shall present his offering with cakes of leavened bread and of this he shall present one of every offering as a contribution to the Lord it shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offering verse 15 now as for the flesh the meat the turkey it wasn't turkey but as for the meat of this sacrifice of his thanksgiving peace offering it shall be eaten on the day of his offering he shall not leave any of it over until morning no leftovers No leftovers. You bring your Thanksgiving offering and you sit down there with the Lord at His table and you feast and you feast and you feast and you better eat it all because you're not taking anything home in a doggy bag which is what we tend to do in our worship for the Lord. In the way we approach the Lord as Christians. There's a sacrifice here, gang, that is an unseen, kind of a hidden sacrifice that is part of this verse. Verse 30 again, it shall be eaten on the same day. Don't leave any of it until tomorrow morning. I am the Lord. You eat it all today. What would that require of a person? Time. It would require time. You can't come in, drop off your check, sing a song, and check out. You're not allowed to take it home in a doggy bag, like my worship to go, please. <laughs> in fact, if you try to take what's here home in a doggy bag, get out quick, go do other things as fast as you can. Jesus says, do not give what is holy to dogs. So forget the doggy bag thing, okay? 
Let me ask you this and think about it. How many of you are planning to have Thanksgiving somewhere, a Thanksgiving dinner, Thanksgiving meal, family or friends or whatever, but you're only planning to stay for about 20 minutes? You got somewhere to go. How many of you would even dare show up at a friend's house and say, hey, listen, can you just box that up for me? (laughs) You know, I got things to do. If you do that, you miss you miss the second dinner. You know what I'm talking about? Where you, you've eaten and you're, you're stuffed and you're lying on the couch and you're falling asleep because of that drug that's in the turkey. I don't know what it is. But, you know, you're wiped out. But like three hours later you go, I'm going back in. <laughs> and you nuke it. You make your plate, you nuke it, you make way too much and then you sit there on the couch really just going, this is just not right. You know? But I'll tell you something, and Cheryl can vouch for me on this, I wouldn't miss that for the world. The whole day is about the meal. And that's the point. That's the point. God says, I want you to eat the whole thing. Why? Because you Israelites, you Christians, you're so busy. I want you to bring the sacrifice of praise. Sit yourselves down and join me in a feast. Let's eat together. Thanksgiving, number three, delays departure. And I think God would have us delay. I think He would have us linger. I think He would have us pause much more often than we do. There's something that I've become aware of from time to time here at the bridge. And on a Sunday morning. We'll, we'll do our worship. We'll do our praise. We'll get it all done, you know. And then, of course, we get out the door as fast as we can to beat the Baptist Applebee's and all that. No, I'm kidding. But there's something that happens. A lot of times I'm the last one here because my guitarist gets left on the stage. So I'm not talking to people and I wait. And, and it's quieting down. And, you know, Sean and Marilee are still here because they're always here. But I'll, <laughs> I'll come back in. And there are days when everybody else is gone. And you know what? He's still here. I, I, I can't explain it, and Barb, you know exactly what I'm saying because we've talked about this. I cannot explain it, but I come back in here and as I'm closing down my guitar case and everything and it's quiet, I just get this very strong sense that God's going, wasn't this great today? Sometimes I just sit down. Not because I'm this big spiritual guy, but sometimes, seriously, I just sit down and think, Wow, he's still here. Now, his Holy Spirit, you know, he is omnipresent. It's huge. He can go anywhere. He can do anything. He joins you when you're at the restaurant. He is with you when you're connecting with friends. He's in the car driving. He goes with you. But I just want you all to know he's still here. Oftentimes, hours after the fact, it just seems like he's not going anywhere. He'd love for us to delay departure. The Lord, Isaiah 30, verse 18, longs to be gracious to you. And therefore He waits. He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for Him. The word long in this verse literally means to adhere to, like to stick. God is saying, I want you to stick around. I'd like you to delay. I want to spend 
more time with you. Israel, I'm giving you a special offering you get to share with me, but it's going to take most of your day. Yes. We go, God, I've been praying, I've been praying and praying, and, and you're not answering my prayer, so I have to keep praying. Why aren't you answering my prayer? And he's going, because I just love being with you. As soon as I answer your prayer, you're going to be off doing something else, so I'm going to let you pray a little longer. So you and I can hang together. He wants us to stick around because His loving kindness is better than life. Again, Psalm 63, verse 3. His loving kindness is better than life and my lips will praise Him. Bob, why don't you come on back up? I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Here's what I want to do this morning. Yeah. I just want to take five minutes. I want us to give the Lord five minutes. Not go anywhere, not do anything. I want you to bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And have Barbara and start playing. Here's what you're going to do if you'd like to. Just bow. And for a couple of minutes, think about what God has done for you, what He's given to you, how He has worked in your life. And then when you're ready, go ahead and start to thank Him. But, but listen, don't thank Him in your head. Go ahead and whisper it to Him. Audibly, articulate your thanks. I'm not asking people to stand up. I'm not asking people to grab a mic. Just right where you are, just take a few moments and quietly in a whisper... Begin to thank the Lord. We're going to sing another song in just a minute, but right now it's your time to offer thanks to your Father.